Perfect. Welcome to the Suburban News Podcast. I am AP. I am Boo. And we're here today to talk about so classic it was hard to find <laughs> film mannequin. Mannequin. Yes. So hard to find. It's not streaming anywhere. So we had to obtain a copy of it. But first. The themed cocktail for this uh, uh, for this episode is the Jefferson Airplane. The Jefferson Airplane cocktail. Babe, why are we drinking a Jefferson Airplane cocktail? Because nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> the Academy Award nominated song from Mannequin. Yeah. Best song, 1988. Best song, 1988. Okay. Um, so do we try it and then talk about it? Yes. All right. Cheers. Cheers. It tastes medicinal. Why does it taste medicinal? Um, because peach schnapps taste medicinal. Ah, that's it. Peach schnapps. What else? What's in this? It's um, equal parts amaretto. Peach schnapps and vodka, mm -hmm. but a little bit more than that amount of cranberry juice. Okay, I'm gonna drink the whole thing, but like it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I don't understand how they get Jefferson Airplane out of this. Is Jefferson Airplane medicinal? Um, they've been known to use things that um, other people thought of medicinal. There we go. Over there and over go. again. I, I think that's as good enough of a of an explanation as anything else for me. So tonight yeah. we're talking about 1988's Mannequin. The cinematic excellence. 1987. Please excuse me. Thank 1987. You. Well, you said 1988. I was, I'm just following your lead here. I'm just following your lead. All right, my love. We have cocktail in hand. So I think you're up. Tell us what the hell this stupid, stupid movie is about. Well, so I can already tell you it doesn't hold up. But <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for segment three. What the hell is this movie about? Well, it uh, covers, I think, two archetypes. One cultural one philosophical the well-to-do child uh, doesn't want to do what they're told there's stories like this through you know all mythology both boys and girls in this case kim cattrell is a uh, a princess and her mom's like you're gonna marry this boy no i'm not emmy is her name emmy emmy her punishment is getting um like frozen essentially mm. um until someone falls in love with her andrew mccarthy's character is the is the 80s guy who really wants to do everything what he wants to do, but he doesn't want to do all the work to get it. He wants to follow his bliss. Which is actually <laughs> Andrew McCarthy's only way of acting. Because he's the same guy in Weekend of Bernie's that's, too. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Same insane almost sorry. So anyway, Andrew <laughs> McCarthy is just being himself. Sure. Wants to style windows in mm. a department store and meets Emmy and she comes to life. But only when he can see her. She well, turns back into a thingamajig, to a mannequin, Yeah, hence the movie, um, when anybody else comes in the room. Yeah, if anybody else can see her, she's a mannequin. And how did the mannequin come to be created? I don't remember. He was working in a mannequin assembly shop. That's he's an, right. He's an artist. He's a sculptor. And and this this was the most <laughs> beautiful and lifelike mannequin that he's ever created. And like he looks at her and falls in love or some shit. It's weird. And he gets fired from that job because he only made three mannequins a day yep. instead of 20. <laughs> okay, what else happens in this damn movie? Um, he bangs her. <laughs> you know, because... <laughs> you know, because man mannequins are sexy, I guess. <laughs> Spending much time in the lingerie section, you're going to want to do something to something. May I, may I, may I truncate this plot? Because I feel like we're getting very long-winded. Yeah. Uh, okay, so essentially, like, uh, Andrew McCarthy's character, yeah, he's Jonathan Switcher, so he makes her and, and then falls in love with her and then has this love affair with her, and of course, because he's the artistic type, 
Yes. Like he's he the two of them are creating these these jaw dropping window displays right at night while they have shenanigans or some tomfoolery. Yeah, some tomfoolery or something. And it of course saves the department store that that Jonathan is working for and yeah, the rival department store tries to kidnap yeah. her it's a whole or thing. it. I don't know what. I don't know what the pronouns would be for a mannequin. Do they use Do they use gender normative pronouns? They, I think they. I I would. I don't. I don't know. What, I'm going to say it. What is happening here? Yeah. So essentially, like she almost gets destroyed, and then I don't know. Like she believes in the power of love and finds her true love or some shit, and then suddenly she's real and something like. There are no plot holes. Like now we have a human that speaks perfect English, even though she lived in ancient Egyptian times and now she's well, alive in, in uh, Philadelphia and that makes sense though. And doesn't have a social security number and we don't have any issues with it. No. She's a mannequin. She's been around people like walking sure. around talking the whole time. Sure. Sure. 4,000 years of that. That's osmosis. Can I give you the, uh, the, the truncated who's who of this cast? Yeah. So Andrew McCarthy, as we've mentioned, is Jonathan Switcher, Kim Cattrall as the mannequin named Emmy. I forgot that Estelle Getty is sexy. Oh, <laughs> Estelle Getty is the department store owner in this movie. Um, the failing department store. The failing comes department back to store. Life. That's right. Um, James Spader is the store manager. And creepy and in league with the rival department store. That's right. Um, the normal window dresser slash probably store stylist is Meshack Taylor as Hollywood Montrose. The prototype of the. Uh, flamboyant person of color, best friend slash sidekick. Yeah, and does it very well. He steals the show. And then a fun, another fun person that I forgot was in this movie is G.W. Bailey. Yeah. As Captain Felix Maxwell, who's the night security guy. You would know him from the Police Academy movies. As Captain Bowser. That's right. That's right. So it's a truncated uh, cast of this. The plot's stupid. We can just kind of get right down to that. But you know how, like, 10 Things I Hate About You is based on Shakespeare? Yeah. And you have all these like grand myths and these grand stories that have modern equivalents and that sort of thing. Yeah, kind of the hero of a thousand myths. For sure. Or a thousand faces thing. Did you know that Mannequin follows the same formula? <laughs> Your eyes just got really wide. I I need to I need to take a drink of this cocktail before I talk to you about the Greek. It's actually Greek mythology that, that this comes from. So hang on. Hmm. Take my medicine before uh, before I do this. Okay, so this is based on or is inspired from the Greek mythology of Pygmalion. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Legendary figure of Cyprus who is a king and a sculptor. He is most familiar from Ovid's narrative poem Metamorphosis, in which Pygmalion was a sculptor who fell in love with a statue he had carved. Wow. Right? So he was a, a sculptor who carved a woman out of ivory. So now it gets weird because it wasn't weird before. Now it gets weird. He was determined to remain celibate and to occupy himself with sculpting. He made a sculpture of a woman that he found so perfect he fell in love with it. Pygmalion kisses and fondles the sculpture, brings it various gifts, and creates a sumptuous bed for it. See, it's just weird. Everything is weird. Why is everything weird in Greek town? Okay. Okay, in time, Aphrodite's festival day came, and Pygmalion made offerings at the altar of Aphrodite. There, <laughs> too scared to admit his desire, he quietly wished for a bride who would be, quote, the living likeness of my ivory girl, unquote. Yeah. When, <laughs> when he returned home, he kissed the statue and found that its lips felt warm. He kissed it again and found that the ivory had lost its hardness. Aphrodite had granted Pygmalion's wish. 
Pygmalion married the ivory sculpture, which changed to a woman under Aphrodite's blessing. Wow. So there you go. This is actually based on, like, an actual myth. I was wondering if there was some specific <laughs> thing that it, some guy sat, sat down and went, you know, when that dude, dude banged that ivory statue, let's make a movie from that. I just have questions as to logistically how that would work. I don't want you to try to describe it, but I just, I have oh. questions. I just have questions as to how that would. I have a theory, but that might be a different podcast. That's a different kind of podcast than what we have uh, right now. God, this movie is so bad. This movie is so bad. But like so many 80s movies, though. I mean, it, it's awful, but it's but it's a full circle. Mm. It has a like it's a really well. It's not a good story, but it's well written <laughs> because you've got a definitive you know three acts, and each act resolves and transitions. Mm. Dare I say, smart, uh, consistent way. Well thought out. I don't know if smart is the word that I would use, but well thought out. I think you nailed that earlier. Yeah. So for reasons that I don't understand, this movie actually, and I, I think I mentioned this during our during our cocktail had an Academy Award-nominated song, which we're going to listen to here in just a second. I know you're dying to say words about it. So say say whatever you want about not not Jefferson Starship, but Starship. Indeed, they had dropped the Jefferson after changing from Jefferson Airplane. Sure, sure. This was a weird, I think their last burst of commercial success here in the mid-'80s because they had this, they had the song Sarah, We Built the City on Rock and Roll. And this particular song was written by um, powerhouse songwriter Diane Warren, who also wrote um, Had the Time of My Life, Don't Want to Miss a Thang. Not a thing. A don't want to miss a thang. A thang. Don't want to miss a thang. Um, Google her because she's written massive hits. A lot of them cheesy. Yep. But when you want cheesy, you go to Diane Warren. It did reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1987. Terrible, terrible movie. Like four weeks? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So let's listen to it, shall we? Yeah. This is Starship. Nothing's going to stop us now. As opposed to earlier when there was a chance that it could have been headed off. It's not going to be stopped. That's that's all we're going to say. Nothing was going to stop them at all, AP. Good. <laughs> Tenacity, you know. Ah, uh, so on our on our silly little podcast, sometimes I like to talk about things that these terrible movies that we watch uh, inspired or spawned or sequels or anything like that. And uh, nothing good came from this, except for Starship song, right? Maybe, probably. Okay, anyway, um, I'm going to read something that was written about the movie uh, by Dan McQuaid, who's writing in the Philadelphia magazine, referencing right. yeah, referencing the film's use of Philadelphia as the as the setting for it. He wrote this article that was like panning the entire film and just talking about how terrible it was. But then he says this: the message of Mannequin, clumsy as it is, is that the greatest place and time in recorded history is 1980s <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> Truly, this is the most uplifting film ever made about the city. <laughs> You know, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. You know, Rocky, great film, but yeah. you know, the whole that whole film is I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. 
and then maybe they shouldn't have, but mm. uh, but there's that. Um, all right, so this movie came out in 1987. Mannequin 2 came out in 1991, stars Christy Swanson as the mannequin in question. And I don't something. I don't think I ever saw that. I think I did once, but it didn't really like. I don't know. It didn't resonate with me, or I didn't remember it. Um, I actually thought for the longest time that Mannequin Two was a movie called Goddess of Love. Like I saw Goddess of Love on TV because it's made for TV movie, and I thought it was Mannequin Two, uh, but it's not. It's called Goddess of Love, and it is a pretty much plot, you know, macro plot ripoff of Mannequin. And I sure did make AP watch it. <laughs> you want to talk about that movie? You were so excited. I was. It's bad. It's so bad. It's a TV movie. Starring, it's, starring, go star for it. Starring Vanna White. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune had been on for, what, five years at yeah, this point? Yeah. I guess she was getting bored. <laughs> Just flipping. In those days, she had to flip the thing around. It wasn't yeah. a button. Um, <laughs> and I don't. I don't want to know who wrote this. She was movie. Venus. She was Venus, and she yeah. was being uh, she was being punished by her father Zeus, played by oh uh, uh, Brian Reese Davies, who mm -hmm. was you know uh, Indiana Jones um, buddy and Gimli in the Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. He's been a thousand things. Yeah, she pissed off Zeus, and so he banished her. Yeah, because she kept killing the people that she was in, that were in love with her. Oh yeah, that's what it was. That, that's what it was. Just, so she was banished to be a statue. Until she, what was it? Until she learned the true meaning of love. The meaning of true love. The meaning of true love, excuse me. So made her into a statue that ended up through the sands of time, ended up in an art museum. It got stolen and put in some sort of trashy restaurant. And then I can't really remember why this was a thing, but some guys were there for a bachelor party. And he and the protagonist, who was the guy that was supposedly getting married, like, decided to try the engagement or their wedding ring on on the statue yeah yeah that was david naughton who was uh ah, yes uh, the lead in midnight madness also i'm sure he's done other things yeah so yeah shenanigans happened and vanna white slash venus learns the true meaning of love yeah i don't remember what that lesson was because i sure did fall hard asleep uh maybe a half an hour into it but you watched the whole thing didn't you babe Yep. Yeah, you want to talk about it? No. <laughs> it's an hour of my life, uh, hour and a half of my life, and, and four bucks I'll never get back. Three ninety nine. Thank you. Yeah. So, so there's that. But I associated that with. I, I thought that was Mannequin Two. I thought Mannequin Two was about sure Vanna White as a statue for the longest damn time. Uh, but in fact, Mannequin Two came out in 1991. Christy Swanson was there. Meshack Taylor came back to reprise his role as Hollywood. Of course. And the only uh, the only rule referenced um, that I could find of that movie to the first one is that somebody says something about, well, she only comes to life and she's only a real person when uh, at nighttime or when no one can see her. And Meshach Taylor like looks at the camera and goes, oh, yes, that's happened before. Whatever. Well, and he was the best character in Mannequin. They I, had to, I would agree. They had to bring him over because Estelle Getty was like deep in uh, Golden Girls by that point. For sure. Or stop or my mom will shoot. What? <laughs> Something else. Spoiler, that movie <laughs> didn't, it didn't release well. There's no way it's held up. Oh, right. excellent, excellent. So uh, this movie also spawned reactions from the older two. <laughs> yes, it did. And they agreed to, uh, for agreed to let us record it. 
specifically for content for this. Um, let's roll it. So the uh, the oldest child is known as Abraham Lincoln, and middle child. What are you What are you known as? You're going to be known as Middle Child. So we just watched, uh, what year did we say? 19. Oh, excuse me. We just watched 1987's Mannequin, um, which is not available anywhere on any streaming device. So uh, we obtained it. We won't say how, but we obtained it and we watched it as a family. Uh, we would get the comments of the eight-year-old, but she totally <laughs> fell asleep uh, hardcore during it. So we'll, we'll we'll get her thoughts, I guess, later. But uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm curious, uh, middle child and Abraham Lincoln. What uh, what do you think about this thing? I thought it was a decent movie overall. It was a very average movie. I I think is the best definition of it. It reminds me of most of the other '80s films the two of you have showed us. Because <laughs> from what you guys have shown us, aside from like Ghostbusters and a couple other standouts, the '80s had very average movies, and I feel like this really lives up to that. 80s movies did have a a certain aesthetic as like production values increased for sure. All right, middle child. I did not like the movie. It was not good. <laughs> it kind of reminded me, what's that one? Wait, let me think. It was like Michael J. Fox. The guy looked like him. And then it reminded me of that one movie. Yeah, Secret of My Success. I don't know. Neither are good. I mean, I don't hate a secret whatever it's called the secret of my success but i did not like this one so this had a lot of montages and uh you you guys noticed that uh that your your gorgeous father and i uh were giggling at like random times and i noticed a significant absence of laughter <laughs> from from both of you can can you talk about like <laughs> okay abraham lincoln has some thoughts here here we go I guess it's just really easy to make you guys laugh because you guys would laugh at everything. Like, ooh, it's a montage. I don't think we realize how dumb this was. I don't know that I've watched this for 30 years or more. Yeah. No, we, we noticed that too. Like, it was so hard to get Mannequin, um, but like Mannequin 2 is available on like two different streaming ser services. And what's really crazy is I remember seeing Mannequin 2. Um, but like there were parts of this that I don't remember seeing like even remotely at all. I'm going to hand this over to AP and he's going to have some thoughts and words. I saw this at the theater <laughs> when it was out the first time. <laughs> remember the video for this? It was just quirky 35 years ago, but it's kind of disturbing now. Um, James Spader was in it and he was on the office and he was in the Marvel movies as Ultron. And I, and my sister, middle child, and I are very big fans of The Office, and so he's one of my favorite characters. Robert California, the character he plays, is one of my favorites, and so it's nice to see James Spader. He's very different. I didn't recognize anybody except him, but I wasn't really paying attention, so I don't know when he was in the movie. I just saw him on the credits. <laughs> he's the antagonist. He's the bad guy. He's the Darth Vader. You didn't watch any of the movie, did you? <laughs> Or did you manage to look up when he wasn't on screen? We've mentioned before that middle child doesn't necessarily enjoy watching movies. And I think this is the perfect example because uh, one of their favorite character actors is in this movie as a 
fairly significant role, if that's even a thing. And she's just like, I don't know when he was in the movie. Was he there? I don't know. Like, yeah, so this just, middle child, you're proving our point. So thank, thank you for that. You're welcome. That track was from Belinda Carlisle. It's called My Wildest Dreams, and it comes from the Mannequin Special Edition soundtrack. There's a special edition soundtrack? Yeah. When, when was that released? A few years ago. It's remastered some stuff, you know. You were. I just saw you frantically uh, hitting things on your iPad. Did you just order it? Not yet, but it's going to happen. <sighs> okay. I need you more research. <laughs> okay, so that's from the Mannequin, uh, mannequin soundtrack. What do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about what is coming up next for Suburban Muse, or do you want to talk about our 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 bitchin' new theme song? What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about what we're going to do next. All right. I'm super stoked because we discovered this accidentally two years ago. So we're in the month of November right now. Uh, you know, it's going to be right around right after Thanksgiving is when I believe this episode will go up um, to kick off season two. Woo woo. We, we thought we could not start season two with uh, a holiday special. Because <laughs> we are not going to be that podcast. However, the next thing that we're going to watch and talk a lot about uh, is, in fact, a holiday special. The motherfucking Bill Murray Christmas special. <laughs> it's called A Very Murray Christmas. That's it. That's right. So uh, it's stellar. Yeah. Our, our holiday spectacular, not really Christmas special, whatever you want to call it, is going to talk about A Very Murray Christmas yeah, you're right. We found it on accident, and you probably remember more about this than I do. Yeah, I was elated. <laughs> I think I'm we still were. Elated. I think we were looking for Scrooged. I think we were looking for Scrooged on, on some streaming it was, platform. It was on Netflix, and and this came up, and we both went, "This is either going to be rad, or it's going to be the worst thing we've ever seen." And it was kind of both. I think it was totally rad. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll we'll talk yeah, more about we will, it. Next we'll time. do a deep dive on that, which just means that we have to watch it again done yay yeah so uh next episode is going to be a very murray christmas season two uh yeah, we have us. we have we have new theme music did you like it that was cool by a guy named lance Tabor, and the track that we're going to use uh, of his is called dubious turquoise all right yeah it's a good name you, you can find him on facebook um it's just under lance Tabor music uh at the tabes all right yeah, that's his that's his at so um cool stuff it looks to be just a dude who makes a bunch of music in his basement so with a very nice uh, triple single coil stratocaster the whammy bar anyway so that's our, our theme music for for all of season two we're gonna be back with you next time with episode two where we're going to watch a very murray christmas it's gonna be awesome so been super fun we'll see you on the flip <laughs> you're shaking your head at me that's correct <laughs> See you on the flip, yo. What? what? <laughs> Hello. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>